0: Yeah. This
1: is The Relevant Podcast It's episode 1068 and it's The Relevant Podcast Here in Orlando, I'm your host Cameron Strang And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey Hello, hello From Nashville, Tennessee, downtown Emily Brown Hey y'all Small town Emily Brown. I think then we decide that last week. Small town Emily Brown. Midtown. Midtown. Midtown, Midtown. Emily Midtown. Brown. Yeah, and yeah, once yeah. again, Jamie's out. Derek's out. And so joining us once again from his new home in Southern California, Social Club Misfits, Marty. Hey man. Substitute
2: teacher in the building. Substitute. Let's <laughs> do it. I was home. like, I thought you were doing that on the side. No, okay, you're for the podcast. Substitute like, it. I got subbed subbed in.
1: Do hey it. Marty, I wanna I wanna ask. Like tell us yeah. what's going on. What's what are you excited about? What are you working on? What do you have coming up? Promote something. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: we have a remix album, Social Club remix album of the last album coming out June 24th. Super pumped about it. It's funny. um, This album has done so incredible overseas. Um, We've never seen something like this where our music just actually did better overseas than it internationally than it did in America, which is really odd for us. So to kind of keep that momentum, we did a dance album that's coming out June 24th. And it's just a bunch of uh, club remixes of all uh, about seven songs on the album, and uh, yeah, the first one's doing really good. Oddly enough, number one in six countries: uh, France, wow. Netherlands, Denmark, like just you know, like Sweden. Like it's a funny, it's a funny, uh, it's a funny thing to see. Like because I can see all the charts as it comes in real time today. I got another chart. It's like Brazil number one, France number two. So we're just kind of you know we're going international, which is funny because true story. Next month um we actually got booked to go to Canada and Fern didn't get approved to get into the state. So uh Country. we're working through this process but it, you know I have to go by myself but we're working through this process of trying to go international but because of our story it's a little bit harder to do that. Um, but yeah, Social Club has been doing really good in national. So June twenty fourth, you'll hear this dance album. You'll be able to shake your butt uh, with your family. And I don't are there dance artists in the Christian world? Like I know that I feel like the pool is a lot smaller. But are there? Does anybody know of any? I know maybe one dance like artist, like a like a Dua Lipa or a uh, like a Skrillex or somebody in the Christian. World. There's not really one. So we felt I remember like back it was a good in like the
1: nineties, like there was like Crystal. There was a meth. little bit of a dance little dancing in the mid-90s. but yeah. I don't know
2: why I said meth to that crystal. Because you're from um, Florida originally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. From the county. But it, it, we were laughing because I, I have like Jimmy Rock. That's like one person. I don't know many artists. And so, I, you know, Social Club, we're always two years early. So we're doing a dance mm-hmm. album now. I love making dance music. I love producing it, So this is gonna be a fun experience. So you really do love EDM? I don't love EDM. I love well, I guess you know, EDM has changed, right? So EDM at one point everyone thought EDM was like uh, industrial, like you know, and now EDM yeah, yeah. is more of like a Diplo sound. So I do love that a lot. I love creating it. Um, I actually remixed the Beyonce album, a dance version of it, just for like myself to teach myself how to do it. Um, I love dance music. You know, like who doesn't want to have happy music sometimes?
1: Does every track have the ramp up and the drop where the beat drops? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, they have to have that. Yeah. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you're working out and it's like, are you down, down, down? Da, 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 and it's like, then it, but it's like, um, like a song <laughs> you, from like Backstreet, bye, 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 and it drops. Like it's one of those, you know. Um, <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be, I'm really pumped about it. Uh, we were able to get a lot of, um, I like to work with young producers who are hungry and like under 5,000 followers and they just want to work. And so, we found uh, like three or four guys who are just hungry, a lot of them not even in country. So, they know what it feels like to, you know, play dance music for that type of a crowd. And so, we had the real people create it and uh, it sounds, uh, some of the songs sound even better
1: than the original. So, yeah, go check that out on Social Clips page. I literally thought you were going to say that you love what, Liz working with young producers that are less than five thousand oh, yeah. dollars.
2: Oh
3: yeah, that too,
2: hundred <laughs> percent helps. But less
1: than five thousand followers. I like guys who
2: nobody knows about that people could steal after us. Like I like that's that's like a piece of the hip hop that I love. Where it's like we're working with like Jay Z would do that. He'd work with guys and then they become famous afterwards. And you know you take that yeah you take that chance on people. Even you know it's funny. We have a video coming out in like two weeks for a song. And one thing that not all my videos I love because I think I always hype up the director. I'm like, go crazy. Then they can never deliver because I've like, I've upped the ante so high. And I'm like, you know, I just got to work with people who are super hungry,
1: humble, and just want to make something cool. Well, that's awesome. Okay, well, speaking of amazing stuff coming up, We have a great show for you today. Naomi Rain from Average City Music uh, joins us. She has a tour kicking off next week. We talked to her about that and a lot more. You don't want to miss that. At the end of the show today, we have a very special edition of Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, Last time we played this with the cast, Marty wasn't on and Emily wasn't on. So it's going to be a good time. You don't want to miss that. But stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Slices. to our very own uh, Social Club Misfits uh, with Tommy Royale the song is the one out the friend zone it's the Kevin Alexander remix it's their new single and it will be on their uh, upcoming remix album that uh, Marty just told you about coming out in June don't miss it it's going to be a party Season 4 of The Chosen is in theaters now and the reviews that count are in
3: Amazing. Did not disappoint.
1: Glory of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting.
3: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4.
1: Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit the chosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's the chosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for
0: slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so you know a lot of the the scuttlebutt uh, in in media right now is about the the coming impact of AI, and you know we've had the the one of the inventors of AI for Google talk about how dangerous it is, and mm-hmm. you know Elon Musk is you know publicly warning people about how concerned he is about its uh, you know ability to kind of take over humanity. I'm not discounting all those smart people, but every once in a while I read a story like this that I'm about to present for my slice. I get just slightly less concerned <laughs> about the 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 takeover of humanity. This comes from the tech site The Verge. Okay, so a, a, a well-known tech site, and they're reporting on basically aggregating a report through from the Wall Street Journal about Wendy's is partnering with Google for the Wendy's AI uh, uh, drive-through mm. experience. When I first saw this, I was like, Wendy's is partnering with Google. To 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 use the power of AI to enhance the Wendy's experience. In my mind, the reason this is in the Wall Street Journal and the Verge is because it's got to be it's got to be big, right? Like it's, it's Wendy's now. As you drive up, this artificial intelligence is going to do facial recognition and have you in some sort of database and know what your order is and know how to custom. In my mind, that's what this national news is. Can I read a statement? Uh, uh can I read a portion of this story? Okay. Uh <laughs> In a statement to the Wall Street Journal, Google Cloud CEO Thomas Curran acknowledged some of the challenges associated with using an AI chatbot at at the drive-through. The bot will have to ignore any noises it hears from kids in the backseat of the (laughs) the vehicle, for example. It will also have to deal with customers who change their minds in the middle of an order. You may think driving by and speaking into a drive-through is an easy problem for AI, but it's actually one of the hardest. Really, really, because I'm pretty sure, like, my dentist office has been using the the exact same technology for about 15 years for me to make an appointment. Like, you're ordering from a Wendy's drive-through. The CEO of Google Cloud is telling us how difficult of a technical problem this is for Google's AI, and we're worried about it launching nuclear uh, attack on humanity. It it can't discern from me ordering. A junior bacon cheeseburger, then a kid in the backseat of a car, like playing on a device. I read this story today and I was like, one, I'm shocked this is national news. Like this doesn't seem like all that sophisticated of a technology. Two, the, the head of this I would be humiliated if I was Google. If I if I was if it's like, dude, we're gonna roll out the, the guy over the smartest thing we do, and he's telling them we're having a hard time getting a Wendy's drive-through to work on this. It just, are are you guys a (laughs) little surprised? I agree with you,
2: Jesse, 100%. I really think that, they think AI is gonna do all this stuff. I'm like, people are awful at everything. Like, we're gonna make this worse. It's not gonna work for us.
1: Yeah, the they were also saying not only the noises and the ambient stuff, but like everybody orders differently. People have really weird Mm -hmm. accents, different accents, and it won't understand. So it's like somebody orders a junior bacon cheeseburger. Somebody else calls it a JBC. Mm. They want a JBC and a milkshake. Well, it's a frosty, and you know, like like all these variables and stuff are going to cause an issue. Listen,
0: I get it. Those are variables. They seem very resolvable by the biggest tech company in the history of humanity to discern if I'm, you know, how three different people order their cheeseburgers. Like, the, 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 Google is getting spun up by a Wendy's drive-through. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> was, I, I was, I yeah. was far less concerned about, you know, uh, uh, the, there, the coming.
1: Uh, I kind you know, of thought you were. I, we were going to talk about this today, and I thought the direction you would take this is the a thing of like. We know that high-end tech jobs are getting replaced by AI right now, but now they're coming after the entry-level jobs. What you know, the kids won't be able to get our first job working the Wendy's drive-through. You know, this is going to change everything for the next generation. I thought you were going to go the ethical route, though. Oh no, you're going. Wendy's ordering is too complicated for Google. I did not expect this take. I didn't. You're telling me,
0: me, me. Me telling. Me telling a Wendy's. Uh, uh, a robot drive through that I want to hold the pickles is going to break Google is <laughs> it's basically what Google, I'm hearing right? yeah. 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 That, that, yeah that's what I'm hearing right now it's yeah. like when it's you Google Google into flames. yeah when you Google the world, word Google and the internet breaks for like 15 minutes like that's what you're <laughs> telling me is going to
1: that's funny I didn't see that coming alright what do you have Emily
4: um uh, the uh, trailer for the new movie Flamin' Hot recently dropped, um, and I am really excited about this because I love Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Um, it tells like the true story of how this like former Frito Lay janitor uh, he invented and Hot Cheetos. Um, but I was thinking about it: has there ever been a movie about like the invention of chips? Like this feels like a very odd story. <laughs> To be telling,
1: no, it's an I'm inspiring story. It. He was a janitor struggling. He was praying for breakthrough in his life,
2: and
0: but I mean, like, how did a- the chip idea for, ever get made? Or better I, I yet, thought Emily, his story
3: to, was
2: debunked. Also, I've always heard that that story was debunked. That was like uh, old wives' tale.
0: Yeah, there, they, there was some recent reporting that uh, it might not be quite as inspiring. Cheeto as even came out like, and was like, like, "We
2: don't really even like, know who this guy is." <laughs> yeah, <gasps> yeah, it's no not,
0: way. It's not as. Uh, but I agree with you, Emily. Like. You know, I think because this one had an apparently aspi- inspiring origin stories, which has now been called into question. Hold,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold Okay, I am looking this up right now. Free, like Cheetos is all over this movie. This is officially a Cheetos like, movie. sanctioned, a Cheetos movie, yeah. Cheetos branding all over it. So Cheetos is involved. First Google, LA Times story from two years ago. Richard Montanez did not actually invent Flamin' Hot Cheetos Is the headline. Yeah. Like, I this whole that. thing is a lie.
5: What?
2: Yeah. Does it
4: matter? Does it really You're matter? You're telling me though? a movie lied to me? It's like Founder. You
2: know, we don't, we feel bad when Michael Keaton, but we still want to go to McDonald's afterwards. It's like the Founder, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. But really, what are we okay, thanking so- him for? Diarrhea? Like, what? really, what are we talking about? Here? Thank you, <laughs> kind sir, you gave diarrhea to the entire world. You you gave us a 48 hour window of stomach problems, thank you. Because that's what happens when you eat hot Cheetos.
1: You're gonna get a little bit, you're not gonna feel good. This is insane. This guy has gone on a speaking circuit for the last 10 years, telling the inspiring story the, how he invented Flamin' Hot Cheetos. It goes like this. He was working as a janitor at Frito-Lay's Rancho Cucamonga plant when he dreamed up a chili-covered Cheeto and believed in himself enough enough to himself. call up the chief executive to pitch his spicy idea. Corporate backstabbers tried to sabotage him for stepping out of line, but he out-hustled them, driven by a hunger to succeed. Flamin' Hot became a runaway hit blah, blah, blah. He's been on a speaking circuit for the last 13 years telling this inspiring story to like corporate gatherings and things like that. And now they're saying it's completely not true. Yeah.
0: So what is you the know the true story? Story? He wrote memoirs? He wrote books about this. That's the more interesting story, though. <laughs> it is your flame and hot story like the, the, the flame and hot story <laughs> of flame and hot, the flame and hot movie. I'd watch that about how one guy got a movie (laughs) and and, and book written about him and went on a speaking tour for something he did. That's amazing. That's the American dream. Taking credit for inventing a product he didn't. (laughs) That's even more. I actually admire this guy more. That he. It's more impressive to me to have the world believe that you invented flaming hot cheetos to the extent that you get a movie made out of you. That's more impressive than inventing flaming hot cheetos. He's like the hustler boss. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So so the reason why we covered this when it was first announced a couple of years ago um, and, and it's interesting to, in our lane is I don't know if you remember Devon Franklin, Christian uh, media maker, yeah. speaker, author. Uh, he's been on this podcast and our magazine many times. Uh, he got a big movie deal with some of the studios. A bit, he formed a production company. This was the first major script that they bought out of a bidding war. This is a Devon Franklin Produced wow. film for Searchlight, directed by Eva Longoria. So it's like, that's why this is interesting to us. Yeah. So this inspiring story, Devon Franklin wants to make inspiring media and all this kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it appears this is completely a fabricated story but good on you to your point jesse good on this dude for like getting a book deal
2: getting a movie sold i'm more inspired by the guy
1: (laughs) it feels like it would be
0: on apple
2: tv soon he went
0: he went and just told people that he invented one of the most popular that's like me saying hey you know nerd ropes uh, you know like the candy nerds and how they're wrapped in that little gummy rope i invented that and if i get the whole world to believe me that's more impressive than inventing the gummy the, the nerd rope in my opinion
4: it's funny on this story from variety the one of the screenwriters from the film he has a quote like kind of defending uh, the guy saying the heart and soul and spirit of the story is true he is a guy who should remain the face of flame and hot cheetos so even they're kind of acknowledging like yeah it's not completely factual but the spirit the is there well,
1: <laughs> so apparently apparently after his big speaking tours and all this stuff People started to call into question his account and Frito-Lay investigated it and uh, Frito-Lay wrote in a statement, none of our records show that Richard was involved in any capacity in the Flamin' Hot test market. We have interviewed multiple personnel who are involved in the test market and all of them indicate that Richard was not involved in any capacity. That doesn't mean we don't celebrate Richard, but the facts do not support the urban legend. What are
0: they celebrating though in Richard?
4: Like, what is Richard being <laughs> celebrated for? The heart and for? spirit of the story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you guys ever watch
4: Caribbean
2: Enthusiasm? Remember, like, if you guys do in the, like, second season where this guy told Larry David, he's like, my dad or my grandfather invented the Cobb salad. And he's like, really? He's Bob like, Cobb. Bob yeah, Cobb. Yeah. And he's like, so he looks yeah. it up that night and he's like, your grandfather did not invent that. And they get into this whole thing. And that whole guy's, like, identity was based on his grandfather being the guy who invented Cobb salad. I could, there's a lot of similarities in this situation where this guy from Rancho Cucamonga, who became the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a brand. Now it's going to sell more, but it's all full of, you know, it's all crap.
1: Okay, okay, okay. This is interesting too. So they con- they concluded this statement that Frida Leigh said, we value Richard's many contributions to our company, especially his insights into Hispanic consumers, but we do not credit the creation of Flamin' Hot Cheetos or any Flamin' Hot products to him. So then the producers of this biopic were were informed of all these problems by Frito Lay in 2019. But Devon Franklin moved forward and announced the casting and just said, oh well, and is gonna make a movie about it, even though Frito Lay told him this isn't true, buddy. Wow. Listen Holy once cow. again.
0: I'm even more impressed by Richard. <laughs> like this is, I mean, this is Catch unbelievable. You can. Like you know, exactly. <clears throat> like the, the long con. It, it, it he's got he's got the people that he's like t- t- taking credit for their work. He's got them excited about it. You know, like this guy's a genius. He's probably this is a better movie Jesse. than the movie like, they made. I can't made. believe
2: I got away with this. This is amazing. Like
0: <laughs> I, I did it. I tricked the world. I did it. Listen, I told I told everyone I invented flaming hot Cheetos. The momentum eventually, created itself. <laughs> eventually got caught, and nobody got mad. Like nobody everyone cares. was still like, "All right, cool. Well, We're just going to roll with it, man."
1: Can you but, imagine being Devon Franklin though? And sp- it was a bidding war for this story, and so yeah. his this is going to be his first big film, and under his new production deal, he spends. Crazy amount of money to get the rights to this story, and after it happened, Frito Lay reached out to the production company saying, "Hey, that story you just bought is a complete farce," and they move forward with the movie anyway. (laughs) That's crazy to me. Anyway, sorry. And even Longoria
2: is directing it, which is even funnier to me.
0: And you know, there's some like nerdy, like food chemist who went to who went to school, (laughs) like went to like like has like a doctorate in chemistry like gastrological chemistry. That, that spent a decade perfecting nacho, you know, flaming Hot chili powder, Yeah, you know, tons of, like, lab tests and and, and, and product focus testing it, everything. Yeah. Years. It, and, and that guy's just like... Oh, it's because he's white. I'm
2: just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's messed up. <laughs> It's because there his was, name okay. was Adam. Oh, the report
0: I was
4: reading said it did, like, supposedly it originated somewhere in the upper Midwest, which, no offense to the upper Midwest, but, like, I'll say Richard's story is a bit more there. believable. Yeah. yeah, they have Old Bay <laughs> <laughs> seasoning, so... Ooh,
1: yeah. Old, Old Bay is exciting in the upper I'm just middle US, list, Look, yeah.
0: guys, I'm gonna claim Old Bay pretty soon here, okay? And people are, are you gonna, gonna, gonna like, make the Old Bay film? Since- oh yeah. my yeah, god, the Old
1: Bay film. Yeah,
2: yeah. Alright, uh, what do you have, Marty? Yeah, I have an article today um, for today's slice. It's about Snoop Dogg. It uh, goes off script on streaming platforms payout and rival rant. And this is what he said can someone explain to me how you can get a billion streams and not get a million dollars um and so mm. he basically was at a conference starts talking saying this why is this not happening why is it not fair well, and uh because
1: it came up because of the writer strike yeah, going on the value of a value of content yeah, yeah, yeah connects yeah.
2: to the story of ai connects to uh a lot of things that are happening right now you know like i'm in california that's all people could talk about um imagine dragons yesterday performed for netflix employees who are outside like it's a big deal over here i mean and i think the ai has a lot of um ai has brought a lot of concern because they're like well we can just use ai now to help scripts and that's just not it that's stupid to me because people create stories and stories are created um it's a human experience to see somebody like the guy who made the cheeto stuff And it just gives you hope. And so I don't think AI could do that. But Snoop Dogg is basically saying, like, how do you make a billion? How can you get a billion streams on a song and barely crack a million dollars? And that's a valid point, you know, being that our music's on streaming sites. It's like 0.3 cents right now that we get paid. And then that 0.3 cents per stream has to be split, split between up. everybody. Yeah. So like a lot of social club songs, it's just me and Fern and the producer. That's pretty much it when you see. But then you you think about songs from Beyonce or, you know, there's a guy named St. John who wrote a song for Usher. 70 million streams tells a story. Um, he's told the story at South by Southwest, but he he, uh, he wrote a song for Usher. 70 million streams has only made fifteen hundred dollars from the entire song. So There is a obvious uh, disconnect there. You know, they say streaming services lose money, but um, a lot of companies, and not just music companies, as of in the last couple months, have been under fire um, because they are showing projections of record years, but they're giving their even their employees less money. They're getting thirty percent of. Bonuses and 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 things like that. So it's happening. uh, You know some Herman Miller the CEO got in trouble She didn't want to give anybody bonuses because she's like we have to make our it just seems insensitive so I think it's just a bigger conversation and the oddest part about this to me is that you have title that actually does pay People a lot of money like if you get a million streams on title It's like 15 grand, but it's a three thousand dollar check on Spotify and people don't want Mm -hmm. to use title because spotify matters more but i think it talks about a bigger conversation that um you know you have execs that are taking big bonuses and checks and then you have artists mm-hmm. who have historically been giving bad contracts like in the 80s the 90s you know you think got tlc and some of these acts that said we sold 10 million copies and have only made like 30 grand each you know so historically mm-hmm. this has been an issue it's always an issue where the top is getting paid the majority. And as we go down to the creators, the creators are not making money. So I totally agree with Snoop. I mean, it is, it is a conversation, but I do, I do understand from Spotify, Spotify's perspective, you know, like there's three cents being paid. They're making a loss, but at the same time, it's, you know, then you have free accounts that kind of throw that into the equation for Spotify college accounts. We get paid even less. Um, it is a bigger conversation, but I do think like as of recently, there's been uh, unions, that have been created in the mm-hmm. music industry where or even in the acting and where they're fighting for our rights and, and fighting for my rights and for actors and people so i i hope that those conversations continue but it's true it's a fact three you can get a billion streams and get you know and then and think about this guys who are independent it's not like that for us when i was independent um, you know, we, when we'd get a million streams, we'd get a lot more muddy than that. But just imagine someone who signed who has to get a portion of that on top mm-hmm. of that, especially, you know, and, and then the way contracts are dealt, it's, if you are a bigger artist, you get a bigger chunk, the smaller, a newer artist is getting pennies, pennies, pennies on the dollar. So Meek Mill even said the other day, he's probably only made 15 grand for music. Um, it just shows what? you, yeah, he was like, I've only made about fit. There's a song he talked about his biggest song with Drake. He's only made 15 grand. And that's because of creative contracts and lawyers and, and uh, putting money back in the song. And I understand that is there's a process for that, but it's they, they intentionally make it hard for us to not understand our contracts. And so, right. and a lot right. of times I've heard, and this is a fact in the music industry, labels will give you their lawyer to look over a contract and those lawyers are in cahoots with the label. So, you know, I think that any musician that's out there, any creative, even if you're a writer and any because I've I've written a lot movies I've written music I've done a lot of stuff um, I just believe that you need to have good lawyer a good lawyer is always worth its money uh, weight, in, weight in gold but yeah we're we're all being uh we're all being in cahoots over here being paid a lot less than we should
1: so it sounds like it sounds like maybe this WGA strike which obviously the directors are coming up next month and uh, I mean Hollywood may shut down shut down yeah. Maybe this might be a reckoning that, like, we have to rethink the entire puzzle here on how creators are compensated. And if that happens for the TV and film industry, maybe there'll be changes over in the music industry, too. Because yeah. that, think about Snoop points, Snoop pointed this out at a conversation yeah. about in the writer's strike. too, like, which is great. Yeah, I mean, those, yeah. that's a room full of, uh, of power players. You know, I think that
2: yeah. back in the day, you think about, um, he's using back in the day, but in the, in historically, when you'd create a character, you'd own it. Right, you know, Earthworm Jim, or think about Bobby's, where like certain characters, and now that doesn't exist anymore. Like a, an, right. a studio is saying, "Hey, you, if you write this for us, we own it now." So you don't own your characters. So the age of Stanley owning Super Marvel characters, like that age is uh, thinning out because you know, it, it's, they call them work for hires. You know, it's like, I'm paying you for your time and that whatever you, no. the time you work, you get paid, but all the intellectual property belongs to us. And that, that's a very common, I mean, that's a very common occurrence and that sucks, you know, cause that's, that's your legacy. So I totally, I stand with the writers on this. I think that for writers who've yeah. been in the industry for 20 years to be making maybe 90 grand, that's insane. Especially when they create some of the most important content that we see you know right. um you should be able to own a piece of it or you know get a get get a piece of the master of it which is like give us they're asking for like three cents they're asking for like three percent of everything that mm-hmm. that's standard of music for a producer get three percent of a song they're asking for only three percent like that's one of their bargain and they're not even getting that which is
1: unbelievable to me yeah that's that strike really started because their last deal was in 2007 and streaming didn't exist was that the last so time remember the last yeah, was two thousand seven. Uh huh. And so, like, this one is like, uh, we're not getting compensated for the primary way people are seeing our our creation. And so Mm -hmm. they were like, we need a fundamental rethink about the entire model. So it may drag on for a while. It it might. I mean,
2: I I was reading yesterday that three movies, Blade, got paused. Um, Like two other big Marvel movies, Blade, and two other things got paused, and that's you know that's. I mean that's Marvel, that's the biggest corporation. That's a, uh, what's yeah. the corporation on the boys? It's like that. It's like that big corporation. Um yeah. and uh it's gonna it's to like def- Stranger we're gonna feel
4: Things. It.
1: Stranger yeah. Things We're gonna really, production. Production.
2: yeah I mean Succession too I mean the guy I like well, I love the signs if you those writers are very creative one mm-hmm. of the signs was like if you don't pay us I'm going to spoil Succession you know like on the <laughs> sign or,
1: or a sign that said
2: um, I try to have AI write the song but it gave me crap you know like write the sign but it gave me crap mm-hmm. only you know so they're getting creative yeah. with it and I, I, it's almost it almost just feels like this is a constant power struggle in a capitalistic society where you have people who fund these events, and then you have people who actually create these events, and there's just that power struggle, and uh, I hope that it, it becomes fair for everyone, just win-win, I mean, you what could we do without writers and songwriters right. and, and artists and musicians and creatives and filmmakers, like, they push culture, that's, and that's a very important right. piece of, what you know, we, everyone today will probably say a phrase from a movie, we'll, we'll throw it out there, you know, mm-hmm. because that's how ingrained is it is into our culture, like, it, it creates
1: what we laugh at you know what we love what we Mm -hmm. what we cry for the stories yeah all these multi-billion dollar corporations are built on the back of what these writers create so it's like they got to figure it out and they will hopefully the music industry will follow right behind yeah all right that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next naomi rain joins us listening to hippocampus the song is moonshine well relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top 5 trending stories into your inbox every weekday we'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes some uh, fan extras and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year make sure to sign up It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Naomi Rain. You know her. She's one of the key members of Maverick City Music. Right now, she's on the It's Time Tour with Tasha Cobbs, Leonard, Taya, and Natalie Grant. That's a powerhouse lineup. There you go. Uh, We sat down with Naomi to talk about the impact of this tour, what it's like to be a woman in the music industry, and how she hopes to inspire the next generation of female worship leaders. Here's our conversation with Naomi Rain.
3: Don't you know my love is always near? You are safe here.
4: I love that it's like, Just four powerhouse Female voices That like Come together Um I'm curious Like how did This tour Come to be
3: Um I was actually Talking With Um One of my Business partners And we were just Talking about Going out on tour And seeing like What what felt right Um And I was Planning to go out With Taya And I think Tasha was planning To go out With Um, Brooke would and so we were like, "That's dope! Like, what if we all just went together, like, and just did a big like women's worship tour? Like, what if we just did that?" And so um, they reached out, and they were they were down. Of course, Brooke um, ended up not being able to do it, but it just it was like literally just a like a pop. Like, what if we tried this? And it was actually really something, I think it worked way better. I feel like it was really God's idea, you know, that we just kind of stumbled upon.
4: Yeah, it's been exciting to see, like I said, just four women that like I love hearing their voices and hearing y'all like come together for like a worship night. It's just Mm -hmm. really cool. I can't really think of any other time where um, I've gotten to see that. So it's really cool. It hasn't happened before
3: yeah it has not happened and so I think it's super dope that we get to kind of make history and mm-hmm. um, hopefully we'll get to keep making history because um, this is important women don't don't men dominate the tour space like in in Christian mm-hmm. music um, and you you hardly see collaboration like this um, and you know they have there's some talks that women can't get along and we're catty and and that has not been the case on this tour we've been we've been getting along very very well and from the moment that we talked about it we just clicked instantly and it it made sense so i think the hand of god is on it and i'm hoping um and if i get to um if i get to live a little longer i'm praying that i'm a part of more things like this Um, even if I'm just supporting it encouraging it pushing it on um, there should be
4: more it is so interesting to think about there are so many like male worship artists that are just like kind of they're all in the industry so um, I'd actually love to know like do you have any advice for maybe like younger women who want to become worship leaders and like, but they see this space where it's like very male dominated?
3: Yes, that's a that's a really interesting question for me because I, I almost say don't want to become a worship leader. That's like, period. But outside of that, uh, because I, okay. And I'll tell you why, because I think that, well, I know that. Leading worship is literally just worshiping God, right? And other people following you. You know, you showing them who He is. It's like, don't look at me, look at Him. Don't look at me, look at Him. And we've we're in a space now where it's glamorized, and people are given, we're put on pedestals and given a platform, which I think is God ordained and God used, right? Um, But I think it. Pe- then people aspire to be like us rather than aspiring to be like him. And when you aspire to be like him, then he he can put you in a position that's that we're in. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it gets a little slippery with that. But to young women who are artists and music is their gift and the Lord has called them to lead worship, um, I would say... Keep going after what you know that the Lord has for you and be prayerful because there are women in some of these spaces that are now saying, how can I open the door for other women?
4: But okay, your album is coming out next month. What can you tell me about it? Like what's what's gonna be on it? Where did the inspiration come from?
3: This project is, it's about the glory of God, right? It's its all for Him, all to Him, all about Him, um, but in different lights. It's like we get to see God's glory in a, in a different light, a different facet of, of who He is. Um, and so it's literally, it starts off with a song called Cover the Earth. And that song is just basically saying, it's a prayer, it's a cry out to the Lord saying, let your glory cover the earth. Um, the scripture says, um, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the seas. Um, and so it's a, it's asking the Lord, God, let your glory cover the earth. And the, the idea behind that is a scripture where Jesus says to the disciples, let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And every time I read that scripture, I just was so blown away by it. But as I continued to talk to the Lord about it, I realized he was saying, be the best that you can be. Shine your light, do it as brightly as you can. Do it so much so, right? that people would see it and go, man, that can't be her, that has to be God. And so that's literally like how I try to live my life. I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to put my heart, my soul, um, my skill, my talent, um, but also my obedience into my life so that light can shine and that people would go, wow, it can't be her, it has to be God right and they would see who he is how he is how he moves and so that's literally the, literally the point of this whole project um there are songs on here that i mean the first single is called one name jesus and it's literally at the end of the song i'm just shouting jesus um for 10 minutes um just calling on his name there's just so much power
0: in who he is
4: I think they're messages that we need to hear and that like we as a body need to be reminded of like one that I really love is um your song that you had uh, we agree with heaven like I think that is very important um especially you know when you talk about um not listening to politics or personalities or just anything but saying like we agree with heaven like that that was one that just really stood out to me and I was actually wondering like was there like a specific event that inspired that? Or was it just kind of the state of the world or?
3: <laughs> What's funny is that chorus, I went to my friend Tim's church um, to minister. And when I was there, they were singing that chorus. And so he had written that chorus and they it, it just had, we agree oh. with heaven, oh heaven. We agree with heaven, oh heaven. And they were singing it and it hit me. And I just, I was like, Tim, I don't know what we have to i don't know what i said let's write to that let's let's write that out because that's all he had and he was like nay that's a song the lord gave me do whatever you need to do with it he was like take it run with it and honestly sometimes in those moments i'm literally praying to the holy spirit i'm like holy spirit what do you want to do with this like what is this about and i realized it was about it was about prayer it was about coming into alignment with the way God wants to wants us to live and the way that he's um, prescribed for us to do things. And I realized, and I guess if I could um, pull from some of what you said, I think what happened was Instagram and TikTok and everybody's opinion and Twitter and all of the things that I see even, oh, I think that social media is, is very, um, oh, how do I wanna say this? It's exposing. It exposes what Christian. I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about people in the world. Hello, y'all. Go ahead and enjoy, right? But believers, it is exposing how much we don't know about what a godly life looks like. And I'm not talking about gray areas. And I'm and I think sometimes we focus so much on on drinking and smoking and stuff like that, right? But there's a bigger here. You've called us to live a life where we lay ourselves in, And I'm talking about stuff like self-control. You know? And we laugh at going off or we laugh at the preacher that's in the pulpit cussing and and we send it around and and church of laugh. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, Lord, how can I put my gifts, my skill, what I have and who I am to contribute to the solution? I'm going to write a song. And Holy Spirit, what do, you want us, what do you want us to live like? You know, so there's a line that says, counting up the cost, picking up our crosses, we love not our lives even unto death. Nobody's singing that, you know? We don't wanna sing that, we don't wanna die. Um, but that's the that's the call that's what we've been called to do to crucify our flesh and to carry our crosses and to deny ourselves that's literally what we've been called to as believers and i know that's not popular i know it's not it's not fun but it is the way that christ has called us to live and so i put it to a melody and i'm hoping that people will sing it and say we agree with heaven like that's what that when when we agree with heaven that's where the power is
1: That was Naomi Rain. Make sure to check out the It's Time Tour. It's coming to a city near you. It's not only Naomi, it's Tasha Cobbs, Leonard, Taya, Nally, Grant. It's going to be a good time. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Two Truths and a Lie.
5: Oh, if my type is just for you.
1: Listening to Joseph, the song is Fireworks. Joseph, with their last album, was in the magazine. You should go check that out at our website. Okay, uh, longtime listeners, I got a little something for you. So, if you've been with us over the last 10 years, specifically 13 years, uh, you know, on the end-of-the-year podcast, when we do all the highlights of the year, most years I have recorded it with Cohen, my kid. And uh, this year when we did it, he... Wasn't with me So he didn't make an appearance Well guess what He's sitting here right now So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to bring him on Because Here's the thing longtime listeners Last time you heard Cohen He sounded like a cute Adorable little eight year Now He doesn't Cohen say hi Hi Alright So tell us what grade you're in uh, I'm in seventh grade Tell me One thing you enjoy At school And one thing you enjoy Not at school Uh At school At school I I like playing basketball. Okay. And then what about outside of school? What are your interests? And don't say Tyler, the creator. Music. There you go. We're learning what appropriate music is for 13-year-olds <laughs> right now. <laughs> all right. Well, there's your there's your moment of Cohen, everybody. His voice is deeper than his father's. He His feet, I think he wears a size 12 now. He plays football and basketball. And all those cute little pictures, if you follow me on Instagram over the years, Those no longer apply. He looks like a full-grown man, and it's scary that time has passed. So much time has passed. Guess what, though? Time never stops. Okay, it's time for two truths and a lie. You know, you've played this game at parties. We just what we're gonna do is go around the room and uh, each of y'all are gonna say a two truths and a lie. We gotta pick which one's the right one, and whoever gets it, whoever gets a you know gets it right, gets a point, and we'll score it that way. All right, Emily, you're up first. Two truths and a lie. Hit
4: us. Okay, I wrote mine down. Uh, during the pandemic, I got really into making macaroons. Uh, I had to cook a whole pig one time for my job. And one time I had to babysit a beaver for a friend.
2: Those all feel very believable in your life. I think the beaver thing is true. Because <laughs> yeah, people I, are weird.
0: I, I want it to. I want I that want to be true.
1: <laughs> what do you think? What do you I think, think Jesse? She, she, she used to work at a church, so uh, doing like assistant stuff a long time ago. I think that's where she had to cook a pig. It was probably for a big okay. church function. What was the
4: first one, that's Emily? That's my guess. Uh, I got really into making macaroons during the pandemic you guys verify
1: that i believe that too i I I don't don't know know. i didn't i didn't know her in 2020
4: i'm gonna
2: say Um, i'm gonna
1: say the pig thing is fake okay all right all right so what is it emily uh
4: i did not get into making macaroons during the (laughs) pandemic my roommate did though and i benefited from that a lot uh no i did have to cook a whole pig for a super bowl for my church um it was the worst experience of my life and i told my pastor i'm not doing this ever again uh, and I did. What do you do, do with the innards?
1: Did you have to kill it? Do you have to kill it and no, I went uh, get all the guts out?
4: To, no, I had to go to a Mexican meat market and order a pig. So like, a whole a pig, right? Experience. Like the nose and everything? Whole pig. Whole pig. Yeah. And then we had to dig a hole in the ground because we cooked it in the ground. Yeah. Uh, it was like a luau, basically. And so then we had to stuff the pig with apples, onions, different things, wrapped it in bay le- or uh, banana leaves, cooked it in the ground. It takes like 12 hours. Um, yeah, it was a terrible was experience, good, but the pig tasted good. Oh yeah, it tasted all great. Right.
2: It's just a lot of work. Yeah, there's
4: a
1: go. lot of work. All right, Jesse, what's your two two truths and a lie, Jesse?
0: I've been banned from go kart establishments in three states. I've been banned from two different Arby's, or I'm banned from all David Bridles <laughs> Again, <laughs> All of those are believable. <laughs> those are true. Two are true.
1: Well, David's Bridal uh, just went bankrupt, so we can't verify that.
0: No, you don't know. You don't know the real reason. They
1: just shut down.
4: Wait, what was the second <laughs> one you were banned from?
0: Two different Arby's.
1: Uh, but why would you be I banned believe- in three states from go kart establishments?
0: <laughs> you want to know that? Do you guys have a guess here? It's the Arby's.
4: I don't think you were banned from David's
0: Bridal.
1: No, he's not banned from David's Bridal. He's not banned for all David's Bridals. That's the lie, isn't
0: it? well technically because they're closed they'd be trespassing so (laughs) technically it's true but no two different local Arby's um, persona non grata for mainly shenanigans in high school but as far as I know the bands still stand Uh, go karts Oklahoma Florida Virginia uh, I've been uh, (laughs) what uh, did you do to get kicked out of a go karts in Florida it was that fun spot uh, uh, off my drive I know it well blockbuster dolphin Dolphin games Remember that? Listen, listen, in my opinion, bumping is racing. And when you get pulled over (laughs) by some teenager, here's the thing about getting yelled at at a go-kart place. Go-karts are about that far, about an inch off the ground. Okay? Yeah. You're sitting there, your knees are above your ears. Like it's a very compromising position. And to have someone walk down and literally talk down to you about your (laughs) reckless driving, Trust me, you would just drive away too because it's humiliating. <laughs> and I wait, 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 wait. The
1: fifteen-year-old, the fifteen-year-old worker came out know. to like yell at you, and you drove away <laughs> while he was talking to you. I'm like, I, the race is going on.
0: Okay, I paid for this
1: race. <laughs> Let's all be clear. You ran over his foot, so that's why he was. Uh,
2: that was <laughs> not my fault. He should that's not have been on
0: the track.
1: All right, Marty. Two truths and a lie.
2: All right, here's here's mine. Um, number one, I'm blocked by Desiring God on Twitter. Um, well, I believe that all day long. Uh, I got COVID from a supermodel. And, uh, the last one is, uh, I mentored Michael Jordan's son in West Palm.
1: Okay. So Michael Jordan's son's the West Palm went to use, went to UCF. So they're went to youth group in, f- in West Palm. Really? Well, they went to UCF. I know that. And they're based here. One of them opened a sneaker shop here in Orlando and he's dating Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. Oh Yeah. That's weird. Michael Jordan's son is yeah. in a dating relationship with Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. So do that. Um, so blocked
0: by desiring God. I'm, I'm going to go the Twitter banishment.
4: I don't think you've got COVID from, yeah. a, from a supermodel. Sorry. I'm going to go Twitter
1: ban because the other two he had too many explanations for. I'm going to say Twitter ban is the lie. Emily says supermodel is the lie. Jesse, you say Twitter ban is the lie. Got it.
2: It's right. it's uh, Michael Jordan's son. I, don't, I have no idea who that is, but he's in West Palm. He used to go to my boys' youth group. That's the only reason I said it, in West Palm. But I did get COVID from a supermodel, did. Uh, my fr- my wife was really good friends with her and it was like in the middle of COVID. And... Are you still in touch with her and I'm single? My wife probably does. Uh, I, I'll tell you who it is. I'll, I'll write it in the chat and you guys tell me how big she is. Okay, yeah, she's pretty big. Yeah. yeah, That's why I'm afraid to say her. But anyway, I was at a, I was an event and she was sitting right next to us and she, it was a boxing event. She was sitting right next to us and her and my wife became fast friends. And uh, she's the only one I talked to without a co- uh, without a mask. And I got COVID immediately after that. And so we always blame it on her. That's great. Yeah. And I think that the, the Desiring God thing, I think I said something about John Piper. And um, I think that my, I got to double check that someone told me that they unblocked me. But I got blocked
1: for sure. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, we ran out of time. We, there's more and we'll play it again. But uh, we ran out of time. That's too too and lie. Before we wrap things up, I want to thank Naomi Rain for joining us. Make sure to check out the It's Time Tour with Tasha Cobbs Leonard, herself, Natalie Grant, and Taya. It's coming to a city near you. You can find out more info online. Just Google it. Uh, also, I, 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 I've told you about the new show, Relevant. I tell you about it every show. You know where to find it. Go check it out online. Um, While you're at the website, while you're at relevantmagazine.com. Also, to stay in touch, you should sign up for our daily newsletter. We send you our top five trending stories every weekday morning. It's a great way to keep your finger on the pulse of what we're covering. Or follow us on all the socials. We're posting on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook every day, occasionally on TikTok. Um, don't miss it. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we're putting out because we're putting out a ton of stuff every day. You don't want to miss it. Hey, and if you like the music you hear on the show, uh, check out the Heard on the Relevant Podcast playlist on Spotify. We also have some other playlists like Worship Indie Music, Hip Hop. It's worth checking out. You can just search for Relevant at Spotify. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse
4: Carey. I'm Emily Brown.
1: Hey, Marty. Thanks for sitting in with us. We love it when Derek's busy and you join us, man. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for having me always. Thank you. Hey, everybody, check out their new album coming out next month. Uh, You don't want to miss it. And we'll see you guys on Friday. Have a great week, everyone.
0: Really, really.
5: <laughs> Relevant Podcast Network